overwhelmed by environmental news? Listen to the Green Diva's My Earth 360 report for the latest eco-news bits from around the globe, carefully curated and borne by our need to say WTF. But we also love to share encouraging stories and, of course, ways that you can make your voice count for the Earth. It's not just My Earth, it's Our Earth, and together we can make a difference. Well, I feel like a lucky green diva because I get to talk to one of our favorite climate scientists, uh, Catherine Hayhoe, who's been on the show before, but honestly, I could talk to her like every day and not get enough information. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Why don't we do that? I know, right? You should have a show. You really should just have a show because um, I love how you communicate. Obviously, that's part of your thing, but you know, you, you just, you're so busy and on the front lines of everything that's happening. And, and, and I believe you're really out there with your business, you know, and, and we talked about it before we got on the air, how many new communities and government organizations that are asking you to come in and help them look into the future and understand how we can adapt. I think that's brilliant. I love doing this work because it really shatters the myth that climate change is an issue that doesn't matter to us right here, right now. There's this idea that it's all about future generations or it's all about the polar bears in the Arctic. The reality is that we are experiencing the impacts of climate change right here today in the places where we live. And I love the fact that so many of our cities, not just the cities you'd expect, Portland or Seattle, but other cities like San Antonio or Washington, D.C., in order to plan for a sustainable future, we have to plan for a changing climate. Yes. And that really, um, that, that acknowledgement is, is really solidifying that, okay, there's just no more debating what's real and what isn't. It's happening. Let's move on. And how do we fix it? And that's where you come in. Um, so before we, we get into too much, I know that there was big news in climate with this hottest year ever thing for 2014 with NOAA and NASA. Can you talk about that a minute? That's right. This year broke the record again. We've broken the record numerous times over the past decade. Broke the record again for the warmest year on record. Why this year was so remarkable, though, was because this time it didn't get any help from El Nino. Usually our record warm years are also El Nino years, which means they're typically warmer than average naturally. And then we have the human climate change on top. But this year without El Nino. So Although for us climate scientists, to be honest, it's one more data point. Because when we look at climate, we have to look at averages over 20, 30, 50 years. Right. To us as individuals, it is a very stark reminder. It's going to continue to see these types of records broken again and again, year after year, until we figure out how to fix this problem. Well, that, that means some of the problems that we're experiencing due to climate change are not going to get any better necessarily <laughs> it's true but it's not going to get worse as fast if we yeah. can reduce our emissions <laughs> we know that climate is changing we know why it's changing because of all this carbon we're putting and we also know that unless we act quickly to figure out different ways to get our energy to produce carbon that our impacts are rapidly transitioning from noticeable to serious 
to even potentially dangerous. Yeah, right. Critical. You know, so there's a lot, of, a lot in, even though it's a tiny degree hotter or whatever, uh, I like how you've explained why El Nino isn't assisting this in a natural way. This is just us making things hotter. It is. And we also have to remember that on human time scales, the temperature of the Earth is as stable as the temperature of our human bodies. So our temperature goes up and down by maybe a degree over the course of a day, yeah. no more. And if it goes up by more than one or two degrees, we get worried. Right. Well, our Earth temperature has already gone up about a degree and a half, and we are starting to get worried. Okay, so the Earth has a fever, and we have to pay attention. That's exactly it. And <laughs> anybody who's a parent who has a kid who's yeah. done that late night run to the emergency room, we know that fevers are serious, and we need to take them Okay, good. That's a good way to look at it. I appreciate that. Now, you know, in other news, um, the Pope is not only is he really um, an advocate for environmental health and and finding ways to help uh, mitigate climate change, but I think he's coming to the U.S. soon? Yes. This Pope has made a number of very strong statements on the topic of climate change. Not just that it's real, but that we as Christians have a responsibility to God and to our fellow humans to address this issue instead of just burying our heads in the sand or sticking our fingers in our ears and pretending that it doesn't exist. Well, that's good because, you know, there's an awful lot of Christians that that listen to the Pope. I know. It's really (laughs) amazing to see a world leader like this stepping up. Yeah. Um, however, here in the States, though, although we have lots of Catholics, we also have many other Christians, Protestants, um, evangelical denominations. And to many people, the Pope is not necessarily that respective spiritual leader. So while it's fantastic to see the Pope speaking out, we also have to remember that the National Association of Evangelicals has a wonderful report out about how caring for climate change is caring for the poor. The Southern Baptist Association has made statements. Um, I and 199 other evangelical climate scientists have written a letter talking about how we need to address climate change. So we see faith leaders from all walks of life and from all parts of the spectrum speaking out on this very important issue. Except for the guy whose name I can't remember from the episode you did of Years of Living Dangerously. (laughs) Please tell me he's come around. I'm not sure which guy you're referring to. The, uh, the the evangelical minister. Or was he evangelical? I don't remember. He was a Baptist. I, I, I honestly can't remember what oh, denomination. Oh, yes, yes. Well, what, what often happens is uh, unless we can connect this issue to people's values, yeah. people will continue to reject it. Yeah. And so in, in the case of, you know, uh, a church minister in rural Texas, um, he's been told that climate change is a liberal issue. Climate change is even an anti-Christian issue, challenging the idea that God is in control. He's told that you can't think it's real if you are this type of person, conservative, Republican, Christian. Mm. So the most important thing I think we can do is to connect the issue of climate change with the values that people already have, yeah. rather than trying to create new green values in people who, let's be real, are never going to have them. I had the most fascinating conversation. I'm sure you know Paul Douglas. Yeah. And and we we just talked uh, actually I interviewed him earlier today for another show and 
you know, we talked about the common values that like it really doesn't matter what religion or what you believe in, the common values of, you know, there's just certain things that, that we can all agree on, that we shouldn't be greedy, uh, we shouldn't harm others. I mean, these are really basic things, you know, love thy neighbor, something like that. I agree. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to connect exactly these issues with climate change, because people don't think of climate change as loving your neighbor. People think of it as potentially loving the polar bear more than you love your neighbor. Oh, interesting. Interesting. All right. So um, that'll be interesting to see. Now, see, I'm not religious necessarily. I'm definitely not Catholic, but I like this pope. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all like people who seem to be sensible and who aren't, you know, ideologues always pushing a certain perspective that's kind of out on the fringe. Um, I think I would agree with Paul Douglas that as humans, we all have some central core values that we can agree on. And the, the essential values of looking out for others, of being conservative, of not being greedy, these yeah. all relate directly to the issue of climate change. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's see. What else? There's a couple of other interesting things we were going to talk about. And one is there's a new movie coming out by the, the, the folks that did Food, Inc., which I thought was a fabulous, fa- very impactful documentary. Um, what, what is it called? Merchants of Doubt? That's right. There's this book that was written several years ago now by Naomi Oreskes called Merchants of Doubt. And in that, she set out to trace the links between people, merchants, who used to work for the tobacco industry, sowing doubt between the link, or doubt regarding the link between smoking and lung cancer. Right. Um, But when that was pretty decisively finished, and, you know, now when we buy cigarettes, they'll have those warning lines on the packages if we buy them, which I don't, just right. to be clear. <laughs> um, so those, many of those same people migrated over to the climate change area and have had long careers professionally sowing doubt that this is a real issue. It's so sort of like they're, they're litigators. They're like defense litigators that, you know, have to make a jury just have enough doubt not to do anything, that's not to convict. exactly convert. it. Yeah. Um, if you sow doubt, then you halt all forward actions. So they don't have to convince people that it isn't true. They just have to convince people that it might not be true and we don't know. Uh, right. Ugh. That, that is kind of a, a depressing thought, right? Because mm-hmm. for those of us that are working hard to help get everybody rallied and moving in a, in a certain direction that, you know, we believe is helpful... <laughs> Exactly. Well, so this this movie is going to be so cool because this movie actually goes and interviews these people. So if you want to know more about this or if you have any friends or family members who are kind of a little skeptical as to whether there really are people out there doing this, take them to this movie and they will meet these people face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, I'm looking forward to this. And in the meantime, people can get the book and learn about it, right? That's exactly right. It's available on Amazon. All right. Very, very cool. And speaking of books, I know your book, which is really, um, I I honestly don't have a copy of it, but I've seen bits of it, A A Climate for Change. That's right. Global Warming Facts for Faith-Based Decisions. I wrote it with my husband, who is a pastor, and 
originally he didn't think climate change was real either. So the oh. book is really kind of the product of the discussions that we had for almost two years after we got married. Wow. So he, so the book kind of follows a transformation or an evolution of his thoughts about climate change? The book was outlined by him. So, so I did a lot of the science writing, but he was the one who said, okay, here's what we have to say. Here are the arguments that made sense to me. Right. We have to address them. Interesting. Wow. I, I, I have to read this book. And I'm, well, I'm remiss that I haven't yet, and I apologize. Don't do it yet, because right now the first edition is out of print, and it's going for iniquitous amounts of money on oh, Amazon. No. Well, that's it good is, for you. But, but we are, no, the money doesn't go to us. Oh. Um, it goes to whoever the booksellers are who are selling it. Um, but we are putting out a second edition, and by the end of the month, uh, of February, we should have that second edition out in ebook format, so on Kindle or Nook. And for a limited time, when the book first comes out, we're going to have 99 cent downloads oh. for all the people who've been waiting for that book to come out for the last few months. Oh, you bet! I'm on. I'm online with my Kindle right now. Like that's it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, I I just love it, and I love your enthusiasm and the the, um, the approach that you take to help us understand more of what's going on and how we can all um, not only understand it but take action. You know, wake up and take action. Exactly. There's so much that we ourselves can do personally, as well as participating with organizations like Citizens Climate Lobby that help us as individuals make our voices heard because. We need decisions at the state level and at the national level to support the decisions that we're making in our own lives every day. Oh, well, you know, I've never heard of Citizens Climate Lobby. Yes, I guess I've been under a rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> not at all. Um, what I love about them is they're not a bunch of climate scientists. They're not some kind of green group. They're just people, people yep. with reg- regular jobs and regular careers who are worried about climate and they. And so Citizens Climate Lobby has chapters in every state around the country and around the world now. They're growing like crazy. Um, And people just get together and learn, how do I write an op-ed? I've never done it before. How do I do it? How do I go in and meet with my congressman? I don't even know where they are. You know, I'll join your group, but I don't want to say anything. I'll just come along for moral support. It gives us all an opportunity to get engaged. I love it. What a great idea. Because, you know, we do. I mean, there are giant lobbies that we're up against for for some of these um, types of issues, um, whether it's Monsanto or whatever. Um, So I I like this idea. Thank you for dropping that in there because we're going to definitely highlight that and make sure folks find there. It's like the old PERGs, right? You know, the New Jersey PERG or whatever state you're in, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a way for us to connect um, with, with our states and, again, at the national level. It's fantastic. Well, you're always full of great information, Catherine, and what a great uh, cheerful attitude you have. So I'm looking forward to talking to you again, hopefully sooner than later, because there's always stuff to talk about. I know. There definitely is. Well, it was great chatting with you today. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Get all the details from this Green Divas My Earth 360 report and lots more on thegreendivas.com. That's T H E greendivas.com and myearth360.com.